Welcome to the Lifeline Podcast, brought to you by the Code Enforcement Officer Safety Foundation. Whether you are a code enforcement officer, building inspector, or any other type of inspector, this officer safety podcast is for you. Our hosts and guests will discuss officer safety, training, equipment, and the foundation. Now, here is your host, Justin Edson. Hello, and welcome to the Lifeline Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Edson, and this is a special edition legislative update. If you have not heard the news, California just passed and signed into law Senate Bill 296. It is called the Code Enforcement Officer Safety Standards. This is great news. With 16 officers and inspectors murdered by guns and knives and an average of 35 national safety incidents a year and growing, bills like this will help with our safety. In just the last three years, four code officials were brutally murdered doing their job. The first one was code enforcement officer Joe Robinson, who was shot and killed by a 64-year-old perpetrator who then proceeded to pour gasoline on her body and light her on fire. This all occurred during a scheduled inspection. The second one was code professional Michael Trippis, who was shot and killed inside City Hall by a 72-year-old perpetrator in an unprovoked attack. The third was code enforcement officer Charles Case, who was posting a condemned sign on a residential property. As Case was walking back to his vehicle, he was chased down by the homeowner in an ambush attack where he was shot multiple times with a shotgun. The perpetrator had a criminal history. And the last one in January of this year, Dennis Katanyag was brutally stabbed to death after completing an inspection at a restaurant in which the restaurant actually passed the inspection. A worker at the restaurant then picked up a butcher knife and went to Dennis's vehicle located in the parking lot where he entered the passenger side door and then repeatedly stabbed and eventually killed Dennis in an unprovoked attack. The perpetrator then stabbed a citizen who survived the attack. This horrific murder occurred in the state of California. 93% Let me say that again. 93% of code officials murdered were killed by a firearm, and 80% of these were killed working in the community. What does this mean for code enforcement officers in California? Also, what does this mean for the profession? If you read the text, it is simple but effective. The governor just signed this bill on Thursday, and it adds section 829.7 to the California Penal Code. This section reads, quote, Each local jurisdiction that employs code enforcement officers shall develop code enforcement officer safety standards appropriate for the code enforcement officers employed in their jurisdiction, end quote. The legislature finds and declares that code enforcement officers are disproportionately at risk for threat, assault, injury, and even homicide due to the nature of their obligations. I want to say I really appreciate that the legislature put that in there and understands the risks that the job has. I want to start by saying a heartfelt thank you to KCO for the efforts made to pass this bill. This is due in large part to the president of KCO during the year, Daryl Revere. He made officer safety a priority for the association. Also, the chair of KCO Legislative Committee and second vice president, Matt Silver, made this happen with the help of the rest of the committee and their lobbyists. Thank you all for making history for our profession. Now listen up, 
This needs to fall on the ears of all code enforcement officers, supervisors, department heads, city managers, elected officials, and most importantly, human resources and risk managers. This update to the penal code requires jurisdictions to assess and develop officer safety standards for their code enforcement staff. Right now, agencies are scratching their head on how do we meet this requirement? Well, let me tell you, it can be very easy. The foundation just released an urgent press release with tips on navigating this bill and setting minimum standards. First, I encourage human resources and risk managers to sit down and discuss the job duties with their code enforcement team. Listen to what they are responsible for and what ideas they have to be safer. Start with training right off the bat. This way, your agency can show it is already working on meeting the requirements. Sign your code enforcement and building inspector teams up for the virtual Code Official Safety Specialist Certification Program. This is a national program and recognized by the International Code Council. It has five comprehensive courses related to officer safety, and your staff can actually become certified in officer safety once completed. Did you know some California agencies, including an entire county with nearly 50 officers, went through our first class? They saw this coming and they put their staff through the officer safety certification program. Single standalone classes are great for an ongoing basis, but require your employees to go through this virtual national certification course. The course includes tactical mindset, fear management, verbal de-escalation, three phases of a contact, and surviving a violent encounter. I mean, listen to those topics. These are spot on for our profession. I will also share that we have had directors, building officials, managers, code enforcement officers, building inspectors, and fire inspectors go through this course from across the country. We are excited that one of the largest cities in California is looking to send their entire division through this course. We are working with ICC chapters in California to offer the training to their members as well. Besides this training, get policies and procedures in place if they are not already. Several code enforcement agencies in California already have approved manuals in place that cover training and equipment. The foundation also has templates that are available and are currently in use by California cities that were approved by human resources and their city attorney. Reach out to the foundation for copies of these policy and procedure manuals. Next, I wanna talk about is equipment. Look at all other public safety positions in operation today such as park rangers, parking enforcement, animal control, and special investigators. A lot of these positions carry pepper spray, expandable batons, tasers, and even firearms. These are all possible with policies in place and required training. In most cases, your code enforcement officers can participate in your local police or sheriff department training to carry the officer's safety equipment. At the very minimum, the foundation recommends issuing police radios, body armor, OC spray, and an ASP or expandable baton. Body armor is a no-brainer since it can go under the clothes or over and it can help save a life. So if you're worried about an image or how the, the body armor is worn, keep in mind it could be worn under the polo shirt so there's no visibility, but it can save their life. Pepper spray and an ASP require brief training through your police department or institution that teaches post-classes. There's not a one-size-fits-all with equipment. I would say that if you had your code enforcement involved in marijuana regulations, 
illegal dumping, and homeless camps, all of these items should be standard. Did you know that Penal Code 830.17 that has already been on the books authorizes enforcement officers who handle illegal dumping to be armed and have arrest powers? The city of Los Angeles already does this with their public works division. Many other states already have armed code enforcement officers, such as Georgia, Illinois, and Texas. All but one of the murdered inspectors were killed with a firearm. With proper training and policies, code enforcement can be armed to protect themselves in the job they do. If you are human resources or a risk manager, start talking to your code enforcement team now and get them started with the Code Official Safety Specialist Certification Program. If you are a supervisor or manager, assess your team and what their duties are. What equipment do they need to be safe? Talk to them. Then meet with human resources to discuss the implementation. If you are a code enforcement officer, please share a press release and risk management letter with your manager and human resources. This is now law, so it's time to make the required changes. This is a historic day in our profession, not just in California, but nationally. If you are in another state, look no further. California has already done it. Work with your state association to copy this bill and push it forward. Our profession deserves a minimum officer safety standard. If you have questions or need help, please reach out to us. The foundation's goal is to help promote officer safety across the country and help legislation pass in each state. I want to conclude by commending the California Association of Code Enforcement Officers for passing another historic bill. I also thank all of the code enforcement officers who called into the Senate meetings to support this bill, as did the foundation. You all do an incredible job for our communities, and we want to make sure everyone goes home safe. Thank you for tuning in for this special edition of the Lifeline podcast as we celebrate a legislative victory and give guidance to jurisdictions. Stay tuned for more podcasts coming up starting this Friday. Thanks for listening to the Lifeline podcast. Be sure to visit codeofficersafety.org. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time.